Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined as always with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deccan. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. A quick check-in, as we were wont to do recently. Uh, how, how are you guys feeling? Feeling good. Did some traveling. Now I'm back. It's good to be with you guys. Good to be with you, dude, in the sacred space. That is stuff they don't want you to know. That's right. Hey, I got to, uh, no, none of you will ever hear it, Uh, but I got to be on an episode of Ridiculous History this weekend. That's right. That's right. And the reason that no one ever will ever hear is because we forgot to record it. <laughs> yeah. We recorded a version of it That's true. while you were on Adventures, Matt. Well, there we go. See, it was just uh, an ephemeral moment that occurred, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you guys did, too. Oh, gosh. You saved the show. Okay. I don't accept your uh, what you say, but it was it was a lot of fun. Well, let's paint a picture real quick. Matt was the voice of the super producer figure in the you know scenario, uh, like super much like super producer Paul Mission Control mm-hmm. Deckard. Um, but he was super producer Matt, the Madman Frederick, and he decided it would be fun, and it ended up being very fun if he was off stage, like the voice of God, like the man behind the curtain, and he chimed in with great quotes and did voices and sound effects, and it was just a delight, man. I all I said were words written by Mr. Ben Bolin. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. A lot of those were quotations from uh, Richard Warren Sears. Okay, well then, fans. big ups, Richard. And, and you did some great reenactments. So uh, we, I, I hope you will be able to join us for a recorded episode of that show one day. Um, you also, can we mention this on air? You were in New Orleans. I, yeah, I went to CrimeCon and just hung out for a little bit, met a, a wonderful couple uh, with the last names White and Black. They were they were really awesome and uh, I did some moderating of a panel. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. We've been doing more and more of these panel things recently. No, no, Paul, I know – I know that despite trying to cajole you into talking on the show, it's it's not really your bag. So maybe uh, for a check-in with you, we can get a, a thumb up or a thumb down. Is this a thumbs up or thumbs down day? Oh, that's a vigorous thumbs up. As a specific uh, follow-up question, Paul, I saw you at the movies the other day going to see a film. Was that a thumbs up or a thumbs down film? Double thumbs up. You got to remind me what it was called again. Diamantino. And it seemed like a really kind of – Interesting, twisty, not sci-fi, but kind of an interesting, absurdist, weird kind of ride. I'm looking forward to checking it out. All right. All right. Well, here we are again, folks, and we hope that your check-in with yourself has gone well. Uh, feel free to tell us about it. If you discovered something especially strange, you can. Uh, you don't have to wait. You can just pause the episode and call us now because we have a call-in number. That's right. We're one eight three three S T D W Y T K. Does all of us saying it once make it more or less intelligible? Uh, hopefully, more. yeah, it's fun. Yeah. People like rituals. Yeah, it's true. Well, it feels like a ritual. It feels like we're summoning something mm. when we say that. And here we are again, folks. Uh, conspiracy realists, longtime and first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in. We have spent several recent episodes diving into the true crime aspects of this show, uh, proven conspiracies, uh, many horrifying or disquieting things that were acts of mundane human beings, just kind of crappy people who were self-important and or had power and wanted more of it. That's kind of how this stuff goes often. But don't worry, we have never forgotten about the supernatural side of this show, the world of the occult, the world of the hidden, the esoteric, the unknown. Today we are delving into the controversial world of what is called theistic Satanism and the strange story of something called the Order of Nine Angles. Angles, not angels. Well, what the heck is this thing, you might ask? The best way to answer this question is to begin laying down some groundwork first. So here are the facts. Most people are cartoonishly wrong about Satanism. It's just true, you know? Yeah, when you, when you hear Satanism, you probably think about some of the imagery that I myself have uh, – placed into videos about Satanism, mm -hmm. robed figures, uh, Baphomets everywhere, horns of goats. And certainly pentagrams, pentacles, all of those kinds of things. The chanting, yes, is definitely one. Um, and, oh, always, almost always black, like just black clothing mm. with some hints of red or maybe yeah. all red with some hints of black. The head of a goat. Certainly heads of goats. The black goat with a thousand young. Yeah, sacrifices both animal and human. Right, right. Uh, the idea here is there's a secretive group 
of humans and maybe some not quite humans opposed to the more publicly dominant narrative ideology or religious movements of uh, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, the people of the book, right? Mm -hmm. And the people who worship this monotheistic God who has uh, in this entity's past had a conflict with uh, an adversary sometimes called Lucifer or old scratch, the devil, El Diablo, um, mm-hmm. What are other good devil names? Like the actual devil, not demons. Mm, Satan. Satan. Yes, Satan that's the one. Yeah, there. and uh, that these the Morning Star and the Morning Star. That's a favorite, right? right? Yeah. God's number two, the Light Bringer. Uh, that's a really good one. So, yeah, it gets into that Promethean thing, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea here is uh, for for most people, they think of stereotypical Satan or devil worshippers. They're picturing people who accept this sort of supernatural or religious narrative, right? That there is a God and God had an adversary of some sort who had all is known by these names. This was once an angel, first among the angels, and then it fell in rebellion and it took its fellow mutineers with it. Uh, and now these people who worship this fallen angel seek to spread this message and to transform this, the mundane world, into something closer to his infernal vision. They also they also seem to um, usually informally refer to Satan as a dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's almost it's interesting how it's seen as and we we actually talked to David Icke briefly about this, how there are these two opposing forces, a force of light and a force of darkness, essentially, or corruption on the other side, like creation and corruption of some that kind sort. of duality bounces around in a lot of things, right? Yeah. In Gnosticism as well. and Star some, Wars movies. Star Wars movies yeah. and some animistic beliefs. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where I'm going with that. Just to say, like, that, that really is such an old uh, vision of how the universe functions mm-hmm. within these uh, sects or within these groups. So how accurate? are these images that pop up when we hear the word, you know, Satanism or Satan worshipers. Luckily for us, they are not very accurate at all. There, there are several, let's call them genres of Satanism, right? And there are multiple interpretations of things that could be called Satan in these genres, or there are people's interpretation of what this thing called Satan actually means or represents. And without getting too into the weeds on old boy's identity, we'd like to refer you to our earlier video episode that is all about the origins of Satan in Near Eastern and Western ideology. And we even have a show called are there real Satan worshipers or something? Oh, we do. We do have yeah. that as well. Yeah. And it delves into almost all the questions you're, you may have like at the beginning of this. So we're skipping all of that. Yeah. So if you pause today's episode to call us and leave us a message telling us how you're doing, which thank you, by the way, if you did, uh, feel free to pause it again and watch those YouTube videos as long as you're not, you know, driving or, or flying a plane or something like that. Uh, so – Let's assume you unpaused it and now you know all about the origins of Satan and whether there are real Satan worshippers. As with any religion or religious movement, Satanism has numerous branches. It's more of a convenient umbrella term for some related beliefs rather than any specific dogma because they 
they have vastly different opinions, uh, but they do have some commonalities, right? They have a, they have a couple things uh, that they all generally agree on. Yeah, largely an interest in magic um, that can be played out in several ways, either like as some sort of psychodrama, um, which to me is a ritualized kind of performative kind of experience. Sure. Is yeah. that is there another way of looking at that? Well, it's uh yeah, it's it's one in which the you know, we get catharsis, which is why people watch and participate in plays. So it's sort of an an empowerment of uh, catharsis or a leveraging of that. So now the person who um, the the person the psychodrama is everywhere. It's in Christianity. Uh, it's an innocuous version of psychodrama would be the reenactment of the birth of the Christ child. Got it. Which all the kids do in church, but in this stuff, they're like, I in this role now am whatever deity. I see. So really, a performative ritual is kind of a good right, way of looking right, at right. it. Or. There's another kind of ritual which is maybe less performative. It would ascribe mystical events and much more of a magic, magical power kind of to these acts as opposed to the psychodrama, which to me, maybe it implies that you're embodying it, but it's more a catharsis rather than some kind of like spell. The first or the second? The, the first. psychodrama. Psychodrama, yeah, because the mystical event then would be more that is, of a spell. That is more of a spell. That yeah. is more of like saying I am doing this to create this effect you know, in real time. And we can, we can also explore an instance of that, but we would want people to know what's – What's going on first? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's one thing. Yes, this interest in in magic and and the um, ritualized performance or inaction of magic. But that's not it, right? There's no. other stuff. There's also uh, a sense of community, the creation of a community that defines roles and a hierarchy, uh, a relationship between members, somewhere between people who share a mystical pursuit to those who live according to a set of religious belief, a doctrine. And, and generally when you're talking about a lot of this stuff and how they're forming their community, you're talking about people who really see this philosophy of uh, a symbolic Lucifer or Satan, which is more about uh, your yourself, your own like uh, the single member's nonconformity to society in almost every way or as many ways as are achievable. Right. Uh, philosophy thriving on – they maybe instead of nonconformity, they might see something like the benefits of being true to oneself. Yes, and in that way, it's it's a lot of times about breaking your chains from mm -hmm. uh, a lot of societal's norms, depending on the type of Satanist. Okay, okay, right? Because uh, you know there can be conformity with there can be internal conformity uh, strictly enforced in groups that are externally nonconforming. You know what I mean? Yes, it's a, it's a little bit of a of a circuitous way to put that point, but no, you're right. The, I've, the indiv more of there's some that focus a lot on individual, yes. like the individuality. Others on like the, the actual sect. Yeah, and of and of course the last commonality, not a big spoiler, uh, some sort of reference to Satan, if mm -hmm. not worship of a singular entity. And there are there are many many Satanist groups. Uh, the best known of which are today are probably the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey, right? Mm -hmm. And the uh, spinoff of that, the I almost called it the sequel of Set, the Temple of Set. Uh, it's sort of like how Golden Girls was a spinoff of Maud, but with uh, Satan. That's a deep so, cut yeah. for Golden Girls fans. Thank you. So the Church of Satan and the Temple of Set – have this sort of low-level hierarchical leadership 
and kind of a loosely agreed upon thing, right? We we agree these following things and then do as thou wilt. Uh, so I want to be very careful not to seem um, disrespectful of anyone's personal religious beliefs. If you were listening to this, uh, odds are you are probably not in the Church of Satan just because there are so many other religions with so many other adherents out there. But your personal beliefs are your own as long as you're not inflicting them on anyone else you know, or harming someone. It's, it's our opinion that you, you can do what you want, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. So with that all in mind, here are some – just a few different types of Satanism, right? There's one that I think you were – you're probably alluding to directly there, Matt, rational Satanism. It's secularized. It comes about in the 1960s. It's atheistic, meaning that there's not really a god. There's not uh, – calling it Satanism is sort of – um, using Satan as a stand-in for something else. This was under the direction of the famous Anton LaVey, uh, an author and occultist based in the States, who uh, you can find audio and video recordings of. His voice sounds far less sinister than one would initially you know, assume. It really does. <laughs> and I will never understand why he didn't begin going like exclusively by Xander LaVey. Yeah. Because his – I mean having S-Z-Ander totally. as a middle name, that's mm. powerful stuff. I always thought he looked like Ming the Merciless from the Flash Gordon movie. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. Wow. He really does. Interesting. Yeah, OK. Well, so, <laughs> Western society has a thing with uh, bald or shaved head guys and goatees. It's a very pointy goatee. It's a particular type of goatee. It's like that super angled kind of one. Yes, and uh, and this this gentleman, I'm I'm just going to call him Xander. Yeah, go uh, for it, man. Or, or Levey. Do as thou wilt. See that that's the whole of the law. Uh, he created the Satanic Bible. It still to this day remains uh, available. You can find it. It's one of the most, um, at least most available books that you can find about Satanism mm-hmm. um, or the Satanic religion. And he formed this thing known as the Church of Satan that we've mm-hmm. already mentioned. It is by far the most well-known. It's the thing that is mentioned. Oh, what's the, what is that show? Oh gosh, why can't I think of it? Dateline 2020. It's on HBO. It's a comedy about nerds. Uh, it's awesome. It's Big hilarious. Bang Theory? Game of Thrones. <laughs> Deadwood. Freaks and Geeks? <laughs> no. Deadwood. Uh, the, what is it? What's it called, Paul? It's the um, Silicon Valley. Jesus. Silicon Valley. Uh, you'll see it uh, mentioned or at least referenced heavily in Silicon Valley uh, where there's a Satanist character uh-huh. who talks about Anton LaVey all the time. Um, and again, as you said, it's it's all about atheism. It's about the individual essentially being empowered. And it really does have this nice symbolic – uh, mirroring going on between, you know, Satan rebelling against God or whatever the large God mm-hmm. is, and then the Satanist rebelling against ma- mainstream culture or, or mainstream religion. Right, right. There is a nice symmetry to the structure of the philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's exactly as you said, according to Levate, neither God nor Satan are actual beings. And this is heretical to many people who believe otherwise, even some Satanists or people who consider themselves such. The only God in this sort of Satanism is the person themselves, the individual. So Satan, quote-unquote Satan, is a symbol representing the qualities that Satanists embrace. So it's kind of like they they took a character that they thought was cool and didn't think was real 
like Superman or something. Yeah. And they said, that's it. Those are the, those are the things you want to aspire to be. Uh, so invoking the name of Satan and other infernal names is a tool in their rituals to focus uh, one's mind on, on the uh, manifestation of those qualities and those workings. And tipping the hat to Aleister Crowley, of course. No, right. Yeah, yeah. He's still in play. Have you guys seen Good Omens yet? The new uh, mm. TV adaptation? I preferred it to the book. I found the book whimsical in a way that didn't really speak to me. But <laughs> I, I know I'm going to get some heat for that. I found that about the show. I couldn't make it through episode one. I thought it was a little too cutesy and the CGI really called too much attention to itself. I'm going to give it another shot though. But Crowley is the name of the, the demon character. Which is based on uh, the – Self-styled most uh, evil or wicked man in the world, right. Alistair Crowley, a uh, famous, um, famous sexual predator, heroin addict, uh, and egomaniac. There you go. Doing, Fun guy to have at parties. Doing rituals in the middle of the Great Pyramid with his wife. Well, okay. That's, that's true. I am, being, I am being a bit flippant about that because I think that guy gets more credit than he deserves, but – but uh, in some circles, he is considered a pioneer. I've never done that. No, no. I uh, I would be surprised if you had. I don't know. It's just it, we can do an episode on that. Maybe I need to be more fair and come to terms with it. So uh, the problem the problem is that at certain points in Crowley's life, and this is a little bit of a soapbox for me, at certain points in Crowley's life, he demonstrably functions more as a con artist than a true believer in someone's thing. Now, if you're not – if you are a true believer in something and you're not hurting people, it doesn't matter what someone else believes about it. You know what I mean? It's your decision. But if you are enacting harm on people uh, who, you know, have not agreed to be in your shenanigans or if you are pretending to believe something that you do not believe for the purposes of bilking the credulous, then what are you? You're not, you're not a leader of people. You're not, you're not a holy being. You're, you're the same as anybody playing a crooked game of three-card Monty. And just for the record, Ming the Merciless and uh, Al, they, they look exactly the same. just want to point that out. So Noel's holding this. Yeah, I've got comics with Ming the Merciless. But look, um, that's them. That's that's uh, LeVay and Ming the Merciless. Right. Yeah, well, LeVay modeled it after after <laughs> not just so? Ming, but several other ones. Yeah, because there there are other characters that appear in. Um, oh, what's that? Flash Gordon comics. Do you guys remember Flash Gordon comics? That's who Ming the Merciless is from. Okay, yeah, but there's a, there's a predecessor. Then maybe I'm thinking of someone else because I swear there's a predecessor. Maybe so. In my encyclopedia of supervillains. I'm just talking about in the movie, in the you know, with the Queen soundtrack. Flash, oh, master of the universe. You know that one. Oh yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. So, in comparison uh, to, or in contrast, rather, uh, to the Church of Satan. It, um, philosophy. There are theistic Satanists. These are what we think about, right? If we're the average person, we're thinking about uh, what a Satanist is. Uh, to members of this branch, Satan is not just some symbol nor some clever, useful metaphor. Instead, Satan is a genuine, actual entity. Yeah. These are the ones that you could refer to as devil worshippers. Sure. Right. Yeah. 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 They might uh, worship associated demons as well. Yeah. Different groups of theistic Satanists may have differing interpretations about the nature of this being, uh, but they all agree it's real. It's similar in a way to uh, the process church of the final judgment, how they would have some Lucifers and then they would have some, um, what are they, sets or Satans? I can't remember. 
But they some worship this sort of light bringer Promethean aspect and others worship this punishment and fascist aspect. So examples of this include things like uh, the Temple of Set, the Golden Girls to the Maud of Church of Satan, and then something called the Order of Nine Angles, also known as ONA or O9A. And a lot of the um, and a lot of these sorts of uh, self-styled organizations, just like Scientology or just like federal government agencies, there's a huge emphasis placed on the um, on initialisms and acronyms. So let's talk about how they were founded. But let's do that after a quick word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up... <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. All right, we're back. Let's talk about the order of the nine angles. So, uh, According to, you know, one of the, I guess the common story that you can see people within the order of the nine angles, which are, we're going to get into it later. It's a bit hard as an outsider to discern what is what, as we'll find later in the episode within the order of the nine angles. But of the things that are publicly facing in the virtual world, the common story is that the the organization itself was founded sometime in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. And then, um... As it continued along, it started to gain more and more attention, especially in the 1980s, and a lot a lot of it had to do with activism, specifically neo-Nazi activism, which uh, tied this group into its self-described traditional Satanism. Right. At times, the Order of the Nine Angles has been described as one of the world's most extremist and dangerous of Satanic groups, and it's known for its support of far-right militant movements – overwhelmingly um, racially or religiously motivated. Vice called it the most secret of satanic groups as well, claiming uh, that it advocates for animal sacrifice, human sacrifice, and reshaping the world entire to one's will. So what is the true story? Where does the order of nine angles come from, and how do the rumors stack up to the facts? Here's where it gets crazy. First version, according to their story, it's very much like, uh, like, like you said, Matt. First version, it's established in the 1960s by this uh, shady lady who's usually called, not an intentional rhyme, usually called uh, Lady Master. And she had previously, according to the story, the tale they spin, been involved in a, quote, secretive pre-Christian tradition that survived in the Welsh marches of Western England. So before the time or the rise of Christian ideology, there was this secret mystery religion and this uh, this person inherited the secrets passed down uh, through um, through ritual, through oral folklore, through rites and passages uh, unbeknownst to the greater world. And the O9A or Ona uh, believe that Satan is one of two a-causal beings, a-causal being uh, something that is uh, is not dependent upon cause for it to exist, something that sort of prefigures the uh, if-then reality of human existence. Uh, these eternal beings, are there are two of them, going back to your thing about duality, right? Mm-hmm. One is Baphomet, who is female in their mind, and one is Satan, who is male in their mind. And then in 1973, a guy calling himself Anton Long was initiated into this group, eventually attaining the title of Grand Master. And he really popularized the group with other groups because he was quite prolific. He was the Alexander Hamilton 
of his group. He he wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. Man, the kid is nonstop, etc. Other quotes from the Hamilton Broadway show. Uh, because of this, you'll hear a lot of people say that he was really the de facto founder. Uh, it's suspected that the person who was the original – they called her the lady master, eventually had a child with the person calling themselves Anton Long and relocated to Australia, at which point Long began running the show. There you go. Yeah, you'll you'll find you'll find different versions of it. One and this website called occult-study.org talks about how it was Anton Long who actually and again, this is probably likely from whoever is calling themselves, like you said, Ben, Anton Long, from the own his own writings, essentially, where he brought together three different groups, uh, essentially three different um secret orders. Um the what is it, Nocturlians, the Temple of the Sun and the Camlad tradition, that this guy brought them all together and created this thing called O9A. Mm-hmm. Um and again You'll find various versions of it throughout the internet. Right. Uh, they they expanded uh, on the the orders concepts and their ideas in all these publications, which we'll get into, and and they tied it into um, some oh, what should we call it? Some some contemporary uh, politics of their time. There you go. In 1988, they made their journal Fenrir, which uh, was another was another. Um, sort of rung in the ladder of of walking up to public prominence, which is what they always wanted. With each publication, this group sought to establish links with other neo-Nazi Satanist groups, which are totally a thing and there there are more than you might imagine. Uh, And by that, I mean not just – not just people who are being profiled because they're fans of metal. Well, yeah. <laughs> people honestly do consider themselves Satanists. Yeah, and this is where we get into the full society mm-hmm. and some of the strange occult beliefs and actions of portions of the Nazi party or at least some of the upper echelon of the Nazi party. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because the order at times has preferred to describe its ideology as Nazi occult. And it's strange the way these things uh, become ephemeral, right? The names can be worn and discarded like uh, old jackets. Yeah, or reused and reshaped and now it means something completely different. Redefined, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, you know, that. I mean, that's also just a human thing. That's just a mundane thing. There is some magical power in names for people who are adherents of, of those belief systems. But take the term neoliberal versus liberal. Liberal means something very different in the international sphere than it does here. And the, uh, the leading conservative party in Australia, for instance, Australia just had an election as we're recording this. The leading uh, conservative party is the liberal party, I believe. There you go. I don't know. Names, what are they? Maybe they are all old jackets. So the order uh, prefers to describe itself, um, I, well, its ideology rather, as Nazi occult. So that's promoting a supernatural system of thought uh, that condemns liberal uh, Judeo, Judeo-Christian society and longs for a new imperial age created by a sub-Nietzschean Superman figure called the Vindex and that is not Windex, it's pronounced with a German accent. It's the Vindex with a V. That's right. They. Uh, That's true. <laughs> yeah, it is. And they they Anton Long to do that, right? Okay. <laughs> and ultimately, the idea is to expand 
to the stars uh, and to bring this ideology uh, outside of the terrestrial sphere. Woo. Yeah. I mean, that's it's an ambitious belief system. It sounds like they want to be stormtroopers. You know what I mean? Like full on the whatever the new order is in the new Star Wars mm-hmm. systems. It, it feels like that to me. And they also did some really disturbing stuff the way it's it's tied up in in this kind of love of fascism. Yeah. And this this um again I don't know how sincere it is, this worship of characters like Adolf Hitler. So that's the first version. The second version's a little different and it dives into more mundane matters. According to observers and commentators, and you'll find a surprising amount of literature on this, uh, there is no real Anton Long. This is a pseudonym used by a British uh, former neo-Nazi named David Myatt. I think it's Myatt, M-Y-A-T-T, who either used this organization to further his own ends or created an elaborate hoax out of whole cloth. Um, Yeah, he's known in Britain for being a hardline national socialist or neo-Nazi, advocating national socialism as well as violence. In the past, he's been implicated in physical beatings of people. uh, And usually when uh, these sorts of characters are implicated in violence, they attack in packs. You know what I mean? So like a group of people jumping a single person. Uh, The 09A grabbed national attention in the global war on terror when the organization was um, second or even third hand associated with series of murders. So uh, then this order wanted to, you know, move up, get some more things like uh, not really infiltrate, just bring in other groups to grow their own ranks, right? So they attempted to infiltrate some of these um, non-Satanic Nazi groups or neo-Nazi movements such as there's one specifically that's mentioned in several publications called the Atomwaffen Division, which is Waffen. A, the Atomwaffen. Atom, uh, whatever it is. <laughs> Atomwaffen Division. Yes. And it's a U.S.-based organization. And this group – uh, at least its affiliates killed five people in 2017 and 2018. So this is recent. This is very recent and it is a real group. It's just sounds uh, – it sounds odd. So from the law enforcement side of things, um, the all this esoterica and occult ritual uh, doesn't really matter any more than say like a gang initiation or some kind of really heavy hazing. Yeah, right. Exactly because they're not going to – it's useful in that it can identify members of an organization, but to them, you know, imagine if your job is to stop organized crime and gang killings. You want to learn about these groups so that you can, to some degree, predict and prevent, predict their behavior and prevent further criminal acts. But you're not, you know, odds are if you're, if you're in the FBI or something, you're not going to stay up at night worrying that these people may curse you you're more concerned about whether they have access to firearms and explosives. It's a, you know, it's it's kind of a more grounded or mundane look at this. Uh, however, I do have to say on a side note, I did find two Freedom of Information Act requests uh, to the FBI about this order of nine angles. And in both cases, the FBI responded by saying that they searched and they didn't have anything. Well, there you go. So maybe they're not a big deal. I don't know. Uh, Myatt, for for his own uh, his own right, has also 
in addition to denying things like the Holocaust, uh, denied that he ever went by the name Anton Long. Uh, He also went through iterations where he practiced as a Buddhist monk, and then he embraced radical Islam, praising al-Qaeda and attempting to unite Nazis and Islamic terrorists. That's nightmare material. That's an odd couple, isn't it? Yeah. It seems strange, right? But so – so we already see in the origins of this thing, there there is a bit of duplicity. The question is whether it's an purposeful or whether it's just kind of bungling. You know what I mean? Um, and how much of this is meant to be taken seriously? How much of it is meant to be believed? I think we mentioned a little bit about their process. Noel, you mentioned Vindex. Uh, what what about the the rest of their beliefs? What what's their plan? Yeah. So they believe that civilization has to be destroyed from within, completely undermined and disassembled, dismantled. So the adherents are actually encouraged to be pretty awful people, like as, uh, you know, part of their whole prescribed course of making this happen. Um, So that includes things like committing crimes, random acts of violence, sexual assaults, and even this whole, like, genocide kind of idea, calling human victims. They also embrace magic. They do share that same commonality that we had mentioned at the top, right? Uh, but what, what, when we talk about their magic, what, what are we what are we talking about? I guess that's part of why they're called the Order of the Nine Angles. All right, you ready for this? I got this from uh, o9a.org, and it's just a post there, and it's talking about what the Nine Angles actually represent. So it says, "Quote: Their Nine Angles refer to the nine combinations of the three basic alchemical substances." Mercury, sulfur, salt, and these nine angles slash combinations were first outlined in this text. It's from 1974. It's called Emanations of Urania. Urania? Urania. Who knows? And uh, these nine combinations can be used to symbolize how the causal and acausal are manifest to us. As, for instance, in our psyche, the nexion of causal, acausal that we are via archetypes, personality types, and it just goes on with stuff that I honestly mm. am struggling to understand. And and a lot of this, uh, a lot of writing in this sphere, whether you're talking left hand path or right hand path stuff, does tend to be a little bit obtuse. Uh, they they also practice uh, something that they call the sevenfold way. So the sevenfold way is uh, a series of steps meant to make someone a a practical master of all forms of sorcery, physically, mentally fit. Uh, and this way is divided into these seven stages. The stages are neophyte, initiate, external adept, internal adept, master of temple or mistress of earth, uh, grandmaster or grandmistress, and, of course, immortal. Uh, sometimes initiates are described or called novices, and adepts are called priests or priestess. Uh, it goes on, magus, magistra. It's also known as heb- hebdomadry. Hmm. Is that our word for today, Matt? <laughs> hebdomadry, or the sevenfold way. How does it, how's it spelled? H-E-B-D-O-M-A-D-R-Y. All right. Uh, someone use that in a sentence and call us. <laughs> uh, so it's strange when we look at this because what, what we're seeing quickly becomes a rabbit hole of occult philosophy and working, again, tied in very much like the Thule Society or Thule Society to these, um, to these race-based beliefs. Uh, and 
what what we pointed out, however, should already be pretty disturbing. The, the purpose here uh, for the members of the society, by their own statements, are to destroy uh, what we know of as civilization up to and including human sacrifice, which they do talk about at length and which uh, differentiates them from a lot of other satanic groups. Uh, let's let's pause for a moment for a word from our sponsors and then uh, assuming that we have not been killed uh, via magical means, let's explore a little bit more about their work. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. We made it. We're still here. Hooray. <laughs> yes, no one has uh, gotten us by magical, psychic, or more traditional means, so yeah. that's good. Let's check on Paul. Yep. Oh, he's there. He's intact. All right. Whew. Good. I don't know when his eyes turned all black, but, you know, it's... It's it's, it's, it's called the Monday. Is what it's that's a called. Monday, yeah. More that's of a cosmetic thing, yeah. Yeah, these kids these days. So uh, they're not... Uh, this group, uh, the Order of Nine Angles, is not known for uh, subtlety, especially. Um, so they have a book called The Black Book of Satan. comes in three volumes, uh, these are considered so extreme that they're kept in a special section of the British Library. They're, they're not available to the general public. You have to ask for them at a counter, research purposes kind of thing. That's because uh, these books repeatedly talk about the idea of, of culling, committing acts of violence and destabilization up to and including terrorism. And with, with the act of culling, what's fascinating is one of the steps that they're, they're told to do is to groom someone to voluntarily submit to being sacrificed. That's the ultimate, uh, the ultimate coup there. Uh, and they also have a an interesting work study program, for lack of a better term, that they send their members on. Would you believe I looked up the Black Book of Satan on Amazon and there is one paperback available used for $864? Yeah, I would believe that. I guess they're hard to get a hold of. That happens with a lot of occult books, yeah. I mean, it may be too that someone has – someone is either like bilking someone or they have multiple copies and they're just putting them out one at a time. I saw that before. I, you know, I wonder if anybody does have a copy of the Black Book of Satan. I found a free download PDF on uh, occultboards.com. I'm sure it's the real deal. I don't know. Ha. Huh. Yeah, right. Getting a PDF of the Black Book of Satan. I laugh at thee. That's fair. So let's get into what is required of ONA members who are going along that sevenfold path trying to uh, get into one of the noxiums or whatever they're called. Yeah, that work study I was mentioning. Exactly. One of these one of these uh, cells, essentially. So they, um, they want people to spend six months either uh, just traveling, like hitchhiking, the way you would a, a traditional traveler mm -hmm. uh, along that path, uh, working as either, you know, a burglar, maybe working even as a police officer or infiltrating some, some version of an extremist political group where you're just kind of roaming and in working inside one of these other organizations. Two things that, that, that um, connect with this. 
this is very inspiring for any of us uh, horror writers in the audience. There used to be a television show, maybe in the 90s, maybe early 2000s, that was sort of this scary anthology show called The Hitchhiker. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And the, the Hitchhiker, the frame was that someone picks up The Hitchhiker and terrible stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, which, was, which was gold. Uh, but it, it makes me... It makes me see how appealing this could be uh, to people who are fear mongers in the uh, 1980s, 1990s satanic panic scare here in the United States. You could say Satanists are all around you. They're low-level criminals. They're hitchhikers. They're living off the grid. You know, they're going to rainbow gatherings or, you know, they're hopping trains. They're yeah. avoiding uh, the, the spotlight of mainstream America. And with the fact that, you know, that seems like that seems like just some something people would say to sell headlines, right, or get people to tune in to 60 Minutes or something. But here we have a real group saying, yes, go do this for six months. Yeah. It, especially what baffles me is thinking that at least on this list um, where it was mentioned, saying a police officer would be a good route for this. And I guess it's because you're you're essentially – practicing power over others. Um, I guess there are reasons to, that a police officer would be, I, I think, don't know, on, on that list. Yeah, in one, in one passage they said, do something that is far outside your previous life experience. But working in law enforcement will give you a Liam Neeson-esque certain set of skills. There you go. You know, for physical altercation, uh, tactical thinking, well, that yeah, and that's something we kind of talked about before in this. But when we're mentioning that sevenfold path that you go down to join this group, you it is about the psychological. It's about the uh, empowering that. It's about empowering you psychically. It's about empowering you physically, and all these things. Mm-hmm. So I guess a police officer would be a really good uh, way to get there. And from their literature, this has a. Uh, th- <laughs> This is weird. I I want to see what you guys think of this. So from their literature, they attempt to, quote, undertake the role of extreme political activist and so champion heretical views by, e.g., becoming involved in extreme right-wing activism. They demand this in one of their introductory books. They say, quote, the aim is to express fanaticism in action X and be seen by all right-thinking people as extremists and dangerous. So they want to be the people who are, I, I don't know, it feels to me like they're talking about edginess for the sake of edginess. You know, like they're going to bust into a, an alt-right meeting and someone's going to say, well, you know, I just I just don't think we should, uh, they're going to bust into a Tea Party meeting. Maybe let's make it even more innocuous. And then they'll say, I don't think we should pay taxes. And they're like, yeah, additionally, we should burn all the money. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, oh, those guys are dangerous. So so they've, they've kind of got this idea of, um, again, very, very motivated by racism. Uh, they've kind of got this idea similar to um, Joker in The Dark Knight where they – uh, the Heath Ledger Joker, the good one, where they want to just sow chaos indiscriminately. But unlike the Joker, who is a who's a fictional character and exists only to spread chaos for the sake of chaos itself, uh, this group seeks to spread chaos uh, to make it easier to propagate their twisted world and cosmic view. Whoa. So we see that's strange. Tragically, not necessarily alien marriage of ideology here. 
the Nazis and the so-called Satanists uniting to pursue goals that are at least non-mutually exclusive. So for the O9A, fascism is actually seen as a means to an end rather than an end in and of itself, particularly uh, this idea of a sinister dialect um, that's the key to the aeonic evolution of human civilization into a higher form. But the uh, Magian uh, Nazarene distortion, also known as the Christians and the Jews, uh, is holding back Western civilization, according to this doctrine, um, from reaching its final step, some sort of evolutionary step, and must be overthrown if humanity is to advance. So holy war or unholy war. Absolutely. Yeah, and the vision here goes to that thing that you mentioned earlier, Ben, that Vindex. Yes. Right. Being led by Vindex deep into the cosmos where, um, more you mentioned, they'll establish a galactic Reich to champion and make known our unique human destiny of galactic exploration and the colonization of outer space. This is from the Dreckian Way, D-R-E-C-C-I-A-N. Uh, we're not recommending that you check out these books. We're just letting you know that these are these are the um, the tenets, the goals, and the aims as self-described by this by this uh, organization. Oh yeah. And they, they really do want to, you know, it's, it's this concept at least of creating a sinister world. And, but here's the thing. In order to have the world be sinister, you got to make the people that are living in that world or controlling and running that world sinister. So uh, they think this can happen through what they call the practice of genuine modern heresies. Uh, I, I, no, I like that. I don't mean to poke fun at it, but genuine modern heresies. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you know, again, taking yourself, the individual person, mm-hmm. through all of these mental and physical trials that, you know, well, I mean, th- you're going through mental and physical trials. And at the same time, you're also practicing magic with a K. So ritualizations, things, mm-hmm. you're, you're basically, I don't know, you're, you're honing yourself on all possible fronts to become evil, I guess, in a way, or maybe maybe not the word evil is correct here, but uh, to do the things that the group wants to do. Well, here's a question. Do you think people that are adherents to this kind of belief system, do they see themselves as evil? That's interesting. In some, in some cases, uh, there would be people associating with this because they want to they want to be seen as evil but don't they just think that the 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 path of satan is the better path many probably do yeah so yeah. i'm just wondering if evil if good and evil even enters into it at this point when well, you know, when it comes to your thinking behind getting behind something like this i guess that's why i was hesitant to use the term i guess what i'm what i mean is adversarial to the status quo and or the uh, the ways in which society are set up and the institutions that hold that society up. I'm just getting all big picture about it in my head. It's just interesting to think about the nature of good and evil and this, does true evil really see itself that way or do they just believe that they're actually doing what's best? It's an interesting question because in many cases, yeah, in many cases, uh, all great villains are the heroes of their own stories, right? And say, I'm doing terrible things, but I'm doing it for a greater reason. Right. And there, you know, people have to die, but the world will be better, et cetera, et cetera. The, the thing that's interesting about some theistic Satanism and why it can be so attractive to people who are already 
um, involved in something that that puts the the bulk of its emphasis on violence in the short term uh, is that there's not too much of a leap to go to something else like this. Uh, and one thing that's interesting about the question about uh, regarding seeing oneself as good or evil is that you can get a little bit of a sense, not a relia- not a 100% reliable sense, you can get a little bit of a sense of how someone sees themselves by what emphasis they place on things. Do they place the emphasis on their ultimate end goal vision? Is that like 70% of this? You know, like most, uh, many religions spend uh, 70% or so of their time talking about how to be a decent person now, Right. Or do they spend the majority of their time talking about the violent things they will do to get a vaguely explained thing in the past? Right. Or in the – sorry, in the future. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean that's – to me it's tough because it probably varies case by case. But I'm sure in Satanism there are a few people who think I am evil. I embrace it. I'm the son of the beast or whatever. And they probably really believe it. Maybe they're misled. You know, whatever does it for you is what I say. Like we were talking about <laughs> at the beginning of the show. If you <laughs> – if you can use religion and maybe not ritualistically murder people, but if this does it for you, uh, you know, being evil or the idea of being evil and you're not going to, you know, call an entire population, then I say more power to you. But unfortunately, this particular idea involves a lot of these random acts of murder and rape and violence and right. terrible stuff doing unto the innocent. So can't get behind the uh, can't get behind the 09A here, guys. I'm sorry. I cannot throw my endorsement at this uh, this order. Which is weird because it was your pitch. I know. It's true. <laughs> and I think it was interesting because I, I had never heard of this. And this leads us to uh, maybe one of our bigger questions, which we always have to ask with these sorts of groups. Is it a case of Satan's military, a satanic army, or is it a case more of internet bravery? You know, um, like the, the order has been referred to as Satan's military, but it seems more accurate to say – uh, that the order or the people who claim to be involved with it, because we can't verify a whole bunch of people, it seems accurate to say that they are maybe militant in attitude more than organized and violent in person. Because the crimes that can be reasonably traced to O9A affiliates and partner organizations seem to be crimes that were sort of egged on by the group, but not enacted by the group directly. And uh, the O9A was also once dismissed by other occultists as the order of no members because this one guy, David Myatt, and I think another guy named Molt appeared to be the only visible figures within the organization. So how much of it is just them writing prolifically under different names? You know what I mean? The pseudonym aspect I I Mm -hmm. can see at work here. Um, But again, we did point this out already a little bit, but we have noticed and it's been documented that their growth, this this O9A growth has been right alongside other – like I guess what we would call right-wing extremist groups. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Supremacist organizations would be a big one, Uh, neo-Nazi organizations. And this has led to a couple of really strange uh, conspiratorial uh, thoughts. Uh, One being there was actually some infighting between uh, members of white supremacy groups and members of this O9A thing because there were people saying, look, guys, I'm just here because I'm a white supremacist. I don't like all this weird uh, hocus pocus stuff. we've We've lost our way. I'm out of the game. And everyone's like, oh, well, that guy doesn't get it. And then someone else said, 
you know, I, I, I feel like I also fall more on the, the supremacy now side and, like, uh, the magic stuff's cool. Like, don't get me wrong, dude. I love metal or whatever. I'm not, I'm not knocking metal. I am knocking racist, but I'm not knocking metal. It does make me feel a little bit sad for the people who joined up because they were all about that magic and all about the, that stuff and they realized, oh, this is a separatist group. Yeah, right. There are other people who who said, I thought we were just doing rituals. Yeah. I mean, I'm down for uh, our infernal lord and master, but I feel like our infernal lord and master should be an equal opportunity employer. There you go. So, I mean, we're we're making a little bit of light of this, but it's it's um it's a dangerous thing when we see this connection of ideologies and these people are conspiring in secret. We don't know we don't know how much of it is just uh, bluff and bluster on the O9A part. We don't know how much of it even to some degree is taken seriously by all the people. Is it an elaborate hoax? There's a lot of writing out there. But again, it's not as if there is a center that you can visit, you know. There's not, a, there's not a power structure that is readily apparent to a lot of people. And perhaps that's – they've just kept it internal. We do know that – at this point, uh, the organization is still considered to be out there, but the views it espouses have have mainly caught uh, the attention of law enforcement and governments because of the actions of its affiliates, white supremacist, hard right wing uh, terror groups, terrorist groups. At a 2003 UNESCO conference in Paris concerning the growth of anti-Semitism in Europe and abroad – uh, they stated David Myatt, the leading hardline Nazi intellectual in Britain since the 60s. Who may be – what is it? Anton Long? Anton Long uh, has converted to Islam. This was true at the time. He praised bin Laden and al-Qaeda. He called the 9-11 tax an act of heroism. He urged for the killing of all like all Jewish people and he also – he used another name, Abdulaziz ibn Myatt. Uh, he supported suicide missions. He has one of the most thorough English language defenses of that. Uh, he urged young Muslims to take up violent jihad, which is not any any actual Muslim will tell you that the kind of thing he's calling jihad is not jihad. Uh, observers warn that he's a dangerous man, but since 2010, he claims to have changed. He says, I have rejected Islam, my extremist past. And, uh, guys, it's all about loving each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he says now. But the extremism seems to carry on. The question now is whether it's legitimate, whether the people who claim to believe it online actually practice it in person, or, as some have proposed, is the entire thing a hoax? Is it a government front to monitor right-wing groups? Let us know what you think. That's the most promising for me or the, the most uh, silver lining answer for me. It's a front group of some sort that's trying to stop some of these other organizations. But people still got killed, so they must not be doing that great of a job. Yeah, you know, you, you're probably right. So what do you guys think? Front or legitimate, like, splinter group of real deal Satanism? Let us know. You can hit us up on our Facebook group. We are called Here's Where It Gets Crazy. That's really the funnest way to interact with the show, if you ask me. A lot of members on there posting responses to every episode, like message board style, posting all kinds of memes and topics. It's just a good group of folks. Yeah, and if you could reach out and just give us, you know, if you've had any interaction with this group whatsoever, if you have any personal stories that you are, are not 
that you don't mind telling us, yeah, reach out, reach out to us for sure about that stuff. Uh, you can uh, give us a call, like we said at the top, one eight three three S T D W Y T K. It goes right into the the hands of us, particularly to my phone. So uh, whenever you feel like calling, it doesn't matter what time it is. It'll uh, it won't ring, but it'll say, "Hey, you got a message." Is that true? Yeah. You got a setup like that? Yeah, last night I got a ton of messages. Huh. Can you set us? Uh, can can everybody get notifications? Yeah, if you guys download Ring Central, you sure. log right. in and use it. We well, don't want to burden just you with that. We should we should you know, yeah. share the wealth. We'll shoulder that for you too. I'm, I'm a bit behind, so I need to get up. We had oh man, we had so many great messages too. I've, I actually texted a few people back, and uh, I thought last that uh, that listener mail episode was a lot of fun. They're, they're, they're the calling. I mean, they're, I was just enamored listening to the messages. Yeah, they're you know, fantastic. I could have taken or left our you know commentary, but the messages were just great. Just as a quick story. We, uh, one person called in on Friday while I was in the hotel, it was at night and I was working, uh, on, actually I was looking over the ridiculous history outline, Ben, that you sent. And this person left four messages in a row. And the fourth one that he sent, uh, was about monster energy and how maybe there's out, maybe some group out there is trying to control us with monster energy. And it was while I was finishing one and, uh, it really did, uh, give me the, I don't know, the, the feel, what is it, is that the heebie-jeebies? Mm-hmm. Gave me the spine-tingling feeling, like, ooh, maybe someone is trying to control me. Maybe it's you. <laughs> that would be monstrous. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter. Hey, you might be saying, I hate all that social media stuff. It's 2019. I'm scared of phones. All I do is use email. Then, boy, have we got some good news for you. You can email us directly. We are... Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. 
Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.